listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm Lauren. And we are, wow, you really threw me off there. I was waiting to see what would happen. <laughs> well, we're your resident best friends, always keeping each other and you on your toes, here to help you along your relationship journey. And while you're on your uh, little toes there, you can just think of us as your very own fun fairies, tiptoeing around and bringing joy to the process, sprinkling love dust all over the place because it takes a village and we're your community. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. Please tell a friend. It spreads the word. It spreads the love. It shows that we have a loyal and growing audience. And it helps us bring you fabulous offers. And it also keeps the lights on for us to keep running the show and contributing to the village. So we're now in September. I cannot believe it. It's like you just blink and it's a new month. And according to our previous mystical guests, including the one that we have today, this is the month where my Saturn return finally comes to an end and also where big change, hopefully in the love arena, is going to begin. With this and of course everything else going on in the world still to this day, we really need some answers in terms of what to expect and how to navigate it. Yeah, that's right. So we are definitely thanking our lucky stars because Tara Nichols is back to help us out with this very thing. Tara is a yogi, shamanic practitioner, tarot advisor, Akashic reader, and intuitive astrologer, and she is in awe of the metaphysical world and the esoteric secrets of the unseen world. Tara has over 20 years of life experience using this ancient wisdom to illuminate her path and, of course, everybody that comes across her path as well. She is here to serve people as a spiritual guide on their journey to fulfill their highest soul calling. She's going to guide us forward through retrograde and beyond. Welcome to the show again, Tara. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you back. This is our favorite kind of stuff. Um, and we just were wondering how you're doing right now because we know that you're so aligned with energy and the stars. And so how is everything affecting you right now? How are you feeling? Well, it's interesting because I'm personally going through a lot of changes with some uh, things I'm involved with involving work. And so Mars is definitely initiating that change. And I know we're going to be talking about the Mars retrograde today. Um, and basically all week we have a very strong aspect, which is Mars is squaring Saturn. So it's kind of like things that maybe brought stability in our life is kind of changing them on a dime, you know, put, and pushing us out of the com comfort zone. And so I'm definitely feeling that. And it's almost like there's not enough hours in the day to get everything done that needs to get done. And I feel like other people are feeling that as well. But yeah, a lot of kind of unexpected changes that are happening. And so I'm going to, I'm having to like put forth more effort and more work and it's just a busy time. <laughs> Wait, as though this year wasn't exhausting enough, now we're moving into this retrograde. And I know like we always talk about retrograde as sort of like a negative thing. It has positives as well. But like, why do retrogrades feel so daunting? 
they feel daunting because it's it's like this energy of rethinking, redoing, kind of going back over old tracks where we've already been. And so most of us like to keep just like forging ahead. And because we're having to kind of go over where we've already been, it's a lot of backtracking, um, which, you know, in some ends it's positive because if you would have just kept moving forward in that direction, um, maybe it wouldn't have ended up so well. And so, you know, a retrograde time is a good time to make sure things are moving in the right direction before you, you know, put a lot of energy or, you know, money or whatever into catapulting something forward. You want to make sure that it's headed in the right direction, you know, before you kind of give it that one last push. And so in that respect, it they are really positive. But, you know, Mars retrograde, doesn't happen every year. In fact, the next one is going, it's usually about every 18 months. So I don't believe we're having the next one until 2022. But, you know, Mars, because it does rule our energy, we're actually going to have a much lower energy level for the next two months. And so basically September 9th through November 13th, it's about an eight week retrograde expect your energy levels to, you know, go down. Before we hopped on this podcast, we were talking briefly about how I just recently was looking at a condo and I was like, I feel like this is all meant to be. It's just aligning. It popped up out of nowhere. It's clearly the time for me to move and purchase a home. And I've been talking about adulting in this way and that it's a big change I can do for myself. But apparently, as you mentioned, it is not the right time to do that. A lot of times when Mars is going, you know, direct, especially when it's in your specific fourth house, which rules home, a lot of people are moving or purchasing a home or doing like some kind of reconstruction on the home. But when it's retrograde, it's kind of like we're supposed to sit tight. We're not supposed to go into that action mode. And so Mars has been slowing down for a couple weeks already. So we've already been feeling kind of that slow down of energy. And, you know, one thing I would say is you might not have the energy to actually move. And, you know, when Mars is going forward, it makes things happen rather quickly. But when it's going retrograde, it's like everything takes so long. And there is this energy of impatience that we'll be feeling. But we're also coming up on, in October, a Mercury retrograde. So then Mercury and Mars will both be retrograde. And a lot of times when Mercury's retrograde, things fall through. Like they kind of fall through the cracks, like they don't happen. So that's when a lot of housing contracts would fall through, would be during a Mercury retrograde, which we will see in October. Gosh, that sounds like very fitting for the time uh, that we're all in right now, like low energy, things falling yes. through. Like it keeps kind of feeling that way. We've all been in quarantine. We've all been like, you know, it, staying home. And like my energy is low, I think, because of that too. And then I don't know if, you know, the stars and the energy are also playing into that because I just feel kind of like a lack of motivation, but yes. I'm attributing mm -hmm. it to like the pandemic, but maybe I need to pay attention to the fact that it's also astrological. Yes. And especially when it comes to like your will, your drive, your ambition, you know, trying to make things, you know, happen in the physical world because Mars is that energy of change and having the courage to initiate things, you know, when Mars is retrograde, which it will be for the next two months, it's like 
we just drop the ball. Like we just don't have that go get them energy to make things happen, to make things move forward. And I do think, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people were feeling like emotionally overwhelmed, which can also cause that, you know, lack of energy. But this isn't emotionally driven at all. It's literally you know, your energy level has just dropped. But I also think, you know, with so many planets this year, kind of the whole thing that's happening this year, the great transformation, we have Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all in Capricorn. And Capricorn's kind of like swimming through mud. (laughs) Like nothing's happening very quickly, but it's like a breaking down of the old ways. Wait, okay. So I was momentarily, or I guess for the entire time you were talking, very nervous about the election because if people have low energy, maybe they won't fight to get to the polls or to put their ballots in or to campaign or to protest or whatever they need to do. Like maybe they will lose that energy and that spark that they've had for the beginning of the year. But then, like, if you're saying that also there's transformation, I'm hopeful maybe that it will still happen in the way I would hope it would happen. And that maybe this year will turn around and transform and everything that fell within this year will become something else, like a cute butterfly or something. Well, Mars does rule change, but Mars will be retrograde during the election. So I don't think we're going to find out the results right away. Oh, interesting prediction. Yeah, because it doesn't go direct until the 13th. Wait, okay. So when you say results, you mean like actual results? Like maybe we will not. I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to find out right away. Interesting. And that could be also because like the ballots are mail-in and they might have like a different amount of time to calculate. But like, I was also wondering if maybe it's more of like a, metaphor for seeing the results of the change and that like that would be delayed well things take longer they take more time it's like there there are delays when mars is retrograde so i i wouldn't be surprised if if the results are delayed okay so this you heard it here first guys this is may happen tara (laughs) has predicted this and honestly like i would not be surprised it makes sense with what is going on in the world and now with all of the energy and astrological things you're pointing out like how can we kind of because it sounds kind of like okay well uh, well things are in retrograde so i guess we'll just like give up but like clearly that's probably not what you're saying obviously no (laughs) we need to be like you know gentle with ourselves and take into account like the pandemic and like the energy it's all coming into play but how can we fight against that because like obviously if you're trying to think on like a really deep level and you're trying to take this time to reflect and figure out like all right maybe there's some hobbies or some gifts that I need to find within myself that are like my greatest lesson a gift to share with the world, like take this time to like figure that out and really see if that's where I'm headed, if I'm walking down that path. So how, how can we kind of figure out what those great lessons and gifts are? And then when this is all like not going to shit and things aren't in retrograde, we can actually like execute those things. 
So if you are wanting to find out your soul's purpose, I would definitely say you need to go look and find out what your north node is in, because that's going to help you find specifically what your hidden gifts and talents are. But when it comes to retrogrades, specifically a Mars retrograde, it's a time to go finish up old projects. So things you had, you know, started before at some time in your life, it's time to go back and pick them back up. And it's time to rework things. So things that maybe you could improve, but it's not a time to start something brand new that you've never done before. Because Mars is that energy, you know, it's ruled by Aries and actually Mars is currently in Aries for an extremely long time. Usually Mars is only in a sign for two months. We have Mars and Aries for six months and it's already been there for two. So now it's going to retrograde for two months in Aries and then go direct again for another two months in Aries. So when we break down Aries... Air, and, you know, it is its home sign. Mars loves to be in Aries. It's where it feels comfortable, but it's the beginning of the Zodiac. And so it does have to do with like initiating and starting new things and planting new seeds and, um, you know, kind of where we can, you know, just it's, it's that intention almost that, that seed. And so because it's going retrograde, it's like, don't start anything new, but go rework the old stuff. And because it's an Aries, Aries has to do with courage. That would be like the main thing that comes up. Another huge theme with Aries is identity. So I do think a lot of people, um, Mars is a personal planet. The planets that are very close to the earth, they are considered personal planets. So they affect us in a more, you know, a more personal way. Um, you know, it's like we, we kind of feel it a little bit deeper and we identify with it more, but you know, Mars has to do with your own independence, how you see yourself. And when it comes to your identity, it's kind of like, I feel like people are starting, you know, it's, it's a, when Mars is retrograde, it's a very internalized experience, but kind of asking the question, who am I? And it's a very freedom-seeking type energy, too, of what kind of sets you apart from those around you. And so this is where other relationships come in. And I know that we do want to talk about how it affects those, you know, personal romantic relationships specifically. And so a lot of people, I... I often hear and and just see within, you know, the work that I do giving readings that a lot of people do break up during Mars retrograde. And that's because you're seeing what's not working. And in a way, you know, Aries is a fire sign. It rules anger and it's kind of, you know, how you kind of can express yourself. But when it's retrograde, it's more internalized. And so maybe you're not sharing, maybe you're not expressing that. And people are getting very impatient during this time. And it's because it's a very internalized process, the other person might not even know that you're feeling that way. And then all of a sudden they just end it because Mars is the sword. It is the knife. It cuts things. It severs things. And so I can see a lot of people just kind of getting to their wits in and just all of a sudden, because it does rule like doing things prematurely, it's like without even thinking it through, you just get so angry and then they just end the relationship. Okay. Wait, so I have a question about that then because okay. 
all of these people are about to be single and running wild through the streets trying to <laughs> up because they can't be alone once they realize that like there's no real dating anymore and they have to find a new person. It's basically musical chairs. So now they have to find a new partner and a new chair. What happens is you get in contact, you know, Mars rules the masculine, but it's like the X's come back in. This is when your exes come back in because they want another shot. They want another chance. They want to fix it, which is kind of that Mars energy. It's like they understand what didn't work before, and now they want to come back and get a second shot. But how, Tara, how do we know if, let's say, we break up or we've been broken up with during this time, how do we know that it's like the difference between like ending a relationship that needs to be ended or like oh shit this just we just got caught up in this like bad energy and like all of the astrological things you just explained like maybe we were a little hasty let's take a deep breath let's right. visit this and, and like re- how do you know and so you would get back together once mars goes direct in mid-november which is my point exactly. So basically for everybody who's single and then all of a sudden somebody shows up on your doorstep who just got out of a relationship, you probably shouldn't let them in because exactly they are yeah. going to get back with their ex. Exactly. Not a good time to start a new relationship because you're not, you know, the old patterns, it's like they're going to go back to their old patterns or their old habits or their old partners once it goes direct again. So I would say use caution. If you do meet someone new during a Mars retrograde, try not to let it get too romantically involved. Like try to let it be a friendship for the first, you know, whenever you meet them, if you meet them, you know, next week, I would say give it the full two months until Mars goes direct again. But depending on when you meet them, Try not to let it go past the friend zone until after Mars goes direct on November 13th. And then you are seeing them more in, in, you know, in a clear light. But, you know, people are, this is going to make them question, like, am I happy in this relationship? People are questioning a lot of things during a Mars retrograde, whether it's, you know, their identity and who they're with and, you know, all, all kinds of things, their job. And so I would say, just know that most likely you will you're, you're, you'll go back to to how you felt about it before the retrograde began. Wow, interesting. I mean, just the timing of it all is so fascinating too. Just because it's around the election, and I feel like when the retrograde is over, which is right after the election and potentially the results, like also people may have like a more firm stance on their politics and feel like that's also a filter for dating. So I, I kind of think it's like the, like what you're saying is the right time, like all the shitty energy of the retrograde plus the election, like things will open up and like, we can kind of get settled again in like this next phase. And it could even bring up some confusion around politics as well. It's like people might be questioning what they, you know, believed before. And so it, it is going to kind of cause a little bit of confusion of like, well, what do I think? What do I believe? Um, so that that's going to be very interesting as well. But you know what I'm really hoping? Because Mars is the warrior planet, it is the warrior, it is about being in survival mode, it is a very gr- aggressive energy, um, which is why it rules, you know, the masculine. But it, because it's such an aggressive energy, you know what I'm really hoping to see? That we will see an end to kind of, you know, the violence that has been taking place recently. And I really hope that that will start to 
be more subdued now that Mars, you know, I'm hoping people, you know, will just, you know, put down their arms or whatever and, and kind of be more relaxed um, because that warrior energy should be simmering down. Okay. Well, that is a positive thing because it's making everybody feel very like unsafe. I'm sure anything under the, under that umbrella, like whatever word you want to use, but like, it's just not a great feeling or vibe right now. The energy is very scary and like unsettled. Especially this week, I would say what we're witnessing, the things that have been happening as of lately, you know, that's an extreme Mars square Saturn. Um, And so the way that I see this is like, I knew that this was going to be a pretty, it's like a heaviness. It's like a heaviness in the air, which is what Saturn is. It's like the burdens of the world. And then Mars is there, you know, saying there needs to be a change what can I do? It's an Aries. What's my part in helping about, you know, this change? But Aries is also that aggressive warrior. And so it's like coming to a head. Okay. Well, I mean, that is positive if if that is the case that, you know, the spreading the love can start because we always talk about that on our show. That's like our thing. Like we need to spread the love and hopefully that will come is what will come out of all of this. We're all talking about equality and like treating Mm -hmm. people with respect and equal rights and love. And so we're hoping that that, you know, like you're saying is going to be the end result of this. And let's hope that it comes sooner than later because we're all kind of like sick of this. And it's just like we said, scary and unsettling. And, you know, we all want to cultivate like loving relationships, whether it's like with people just in general at work or friends or obviously, you know, potential romantic partners and astrology, it can really help you with that. Obviously it can help with a lot of different things, but especially it teaches you a lot about your relationships and timing. So how specifically did you get into the astrology of relationships? Well, I have always been fascinated by relationships, I think because I had so many of them, I was constantly kind of in and out of relationships. And so I was just always like kind of in the back of my head, like, how do they work? You know, just trying to understand how do you make them work? And, you know, I had this realization, my North Node is in Libra which Libra rules partnerships and relationships. So part of my work that I have, I think, to offer others, it's like that piece of understanding, uh, you know, relationships. And that is my work. And I'm, you know, me personally learning how to open up and let someone in and learning how to compromise with the other and kind of to not be so selfish in a way. Because my South Node Um, is an Aries. So I'm actually more comfortable being alone, being with myself. I'm very independent. And so basically what my North Node is, what my hidden gift is, is I have this, I, I think, is to help other people understand each other. So with my North Node being in Libra, which is partnerships, you know, through the synastry readings that I give, which is two people's you know, two people in a relationship's charts on top of one another, understanding, you know, what the blessings are and then understanding what the challenges are. And if you can understand those and how they're, the, how they're coming up and how to work through them, um, I feel like 
that is what I have to offer. That is what I have to give and share with the world. And then I think it's just, you know, it's been a lot of it. It's my own self exploratory and understanding how people work and even just understanding your own charts and looking at your charts and how they, you know, talk to one another is I think just, it's, it's about understanding yourself at, you know, first of all, we have to understand ourselves before we can understand the other. But once we understand the other person as well and kind of see it in this third person light, it's like things just start to click and make sense. So then would you say that like the catchphrases such as like Libra and Gemini's, like Libras and Gemini's make a good match and, and like, should we put all of that stock into this when we're picking a partner? Because like, for instance, I had a talk with somebody I went on a date with last night about our two signs. Uh, he's a Virgo and I'm a Capricorn. And then I was like educating him on like sun signs and moon signs. And then like, I feel like his head might've been spinning. <laughs> Like, what did you say that these, that there is some truth to like the different signs that go better together, just like the planets that maybe don't go well together during a retrograde? Well, I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't do a sun sign compatibility with another person because that's not really going to tell you much about how you're going to work with one another. What I would say is doing a sun and versus moon. So whatever their sun is in, whatever your moon is in, if those are in the same sign, that's highly compatible for marriage. So it's so much more than just the sun sign. How does Venus and Mars compare with one another? But most importantly, the main point we look at with synastry readings are the midpoints, which is the point between the sun and the moon. And that's like the magnet that attracts the other person to you. So you kind of look at the other person's chart and see what's getting hit off. And then that's how you have a deeper level of understanding of how, you know, what is that attraction to one another and how you work with one another. So it's not, I try to really stay far away from just, you know, the sun sign or just that one sign because it is so much more. How are all of the rest of the planets speaking to the other person's chart? Because it can manifest in so many different ways from your truth system to your value system to how you communicate with one another. Like, you know, it just goes on and on what the soul really yearns for to it, it, it's it's like you can keep going so it's it's almost too vague to just say what are our sun sign compatibility like i don't even look at that because that's yeah. really just like the horoscope we all read in like the magazine but it's like super generic and high level it's so generic and i feel like that's actually the very thing that gives astrology a bad rap because <laughs> A lot of times it doesn't really, you know, come up to be true because it's so vague. It can't be true. It really comes down to the minute of the time that you were born and that's your birth chart. And then you get the other person's birth chart and then you can, you know, see what's really going on like in depth. It's more, I mean, in a way it, it, it is like so exact that you you can't just put that vague and the sun sign's just your identity anyway it's how you see yourself so how you see yourself and how the other person sees their self like why does that even matter right and it could be totally different because it's your own interpretation of yourself how yes. are other people interpreting you and if you're talking about a partner, exactly that's the important thing is how is the other person seeing you how are you communicating there's different signs that will help you understand 
I'm a Libra, but I communicate like a Virgo. So exactly. So totally. Yeah. It just, it's a totally different thing. And even understanding, you know, what your Juno is in to see what type of relationship is even going to work for you. The type of characteristics that are going to work for you in a long-term relationship. So then you can identify right away if someone has those whether you want to give them your time and energy or not. Okay, now this is probably complex, but just for people who aren't super, you know, astrology minded like you or Jen and I, a Juno is what? Juno is the asteroid that has to do with the committed relationship. So depending on what sign um, and you get more information with what house it's in, you can see the type of characteristics that are going to work for you in a long-term partnership. Okay. So let's just say now you've met somebody and you're like about to, you believe, get into a long-term partnership. Would you want to say to somebody, that person, like, can we have a synastry reading? Is that weird? Like, at what point do you think is a good time to introduce a synastry reading into a relationship or does it not matter? I mean, I have given synastry readings to people who have just met someone And personally, you know, when I used to go on dates with people, the first date, I'm like, what's your birth time? I want to check you out. I want to see if it's even worth my time or not, you know, but I've also given people who are, you've been married 30 years and it's, there's always something to learn because it's like understanding how you work with one another, understanding what those challenges are, understanding what the blessings are, what the draws you together, what magnifies you, and kind of what you're, in a way, just showing one another, how you support one another, um, all of those things. And it's sometimes I think it's seeing it from another person, it validates it, it helps you see it in a new light, kind of getting a new perspective. Um, there's so many ways that you can kind of use it to help the relationship evolve. So is that kind of reading, the synastry reading, more about like your planetary makeup versus like the future? Like I know like in like the reading I did with you, we talked about the upcoming months, but it sounds like this is more a breakdown of like how you are made and where your planets align potentially. Yes. So it's kind of like, how your charts, which doesn't really have to do with the future, it's your birth charts, how they speak to one another, how your planets are hitting off that other person's planets, what's in harmony, what's challenging, you know, so that's how you see, um, you know, what it is you need to work on. But it's also figuring out a way, because you know that that's going to be a problem, how to solve that issue. Interesting. Now, would you also want to then do a different kind of reading too for a couple, like what's to come so you can plan accordingly? Like what if somebody's, what if somebody's in a retrograde and the other person isn't like, how do you even function? Well, you have retrogrades at the same time because the planets, this is the retrogrades happening in the cosmos for everyone. So the retrogrades are happening at the same time. But what I would say when you want to go kind of look into the future, I would say looking at each person's individual chart and kind of seeing how it's affecting them and then how it's affecting, you know, their partner, that other person, and then kind of being able to look at both charts individually to look at more of the future events of when things are going to happen. Um, so you can get an idea of when things are going to get challenging 
um, and then when they're going to flow more with ease and grace because the universe is always, and if you think about it, most people's lives, it does come in waves. And so astrology works that way too. It's like, is it in a 90 degree angle, which is a challenge? Is it a 120 degree angle, which is a blessing? And so it's because the planets are constantly moving around, you know, they're constantly hitting different houses um, in different aspects that are either affect you positively or negatively. Okay. So then how would you maybe approach asking somebody to do a sinistry reading? Like, because, you know, it's not like a very common thing, but it could be really helpful. And you maybe want your p- potential partner to be kind of into it if you are. Right. So how, like, what is a nice, like, general way to sort of bring it up <laughs> and say, like, maybe we should try this. It'll be fun. Like, how would you say that? Yeah, I would put it more as like something that you're interested in, you've always wanted to do, um, you know, and and just put you know not so much like this is therapy which it can't it it is actually it really is almost like a therapy because you learn a lot about each other and you and you usually end up talking about some of the problems and the issues that you have you know in the relationship but let's say for instance it's a newer relationship and you're just wanting to see you know what's there and if it looks like it might even be a lasting relationship You can just kind of say, you know, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Would you be interested in, you know, doing this with me? And it's just for fun, Um, kind of making it on a lighter note so they don't feel like it's too daunting or too intense and serious. And, you know, a lot of women are more and more, there's a huge interest in astrology, but men, they're a little bit not so enthusiastic about it and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not believe in it. Um, so I would say, you know, approach it more as a fun thing, um, and keep it light. Well, um, oh, so sorry. Go. That goes along with the, like, men are from Mars and women are from (laughs) First of all, why do people say that? And second of all, how then do we speak male language? If you're a woman, how do you speak male language to like, get them to sort of be into astrology, like to make it sound appealing to them? And less woo-woo than they probably think it is. I mean, they won't even talk about right. their feelings, let alone the stars. <laughs> well, I love working with people who don't believe in it because I love to prove them wrong and turn them into believers. And so it's so much fun for me. And and usually, you know, after they kind of hear you talk about them when they know you don't know them, then they quickly do kind of open up and and kind of you know, start to, you know, maybe change their mind or change, you know, their, their opinion. And so I think it's just, you know, if you, if you can kind of keep it playful and just, it's like, can you come to this with a curious, you know, mind of, of just being open and, and questioning and, and, you know, a lot of men are very kind of science-based in a way, but if you see this chart, I mean, in a way it does, it's, it is kind of very exact with alignments and that sort of thing, which again, for the validation of the chart, you know, doing an accurate reading, having an accurate birth time is so significant because otherwise the, the reading is not accurate. And I think, you know, all the general vague horoscopes have kind of played a part where a lot of people don't believe in it because it's kind of, it's, it's too vague. Well, so speaking of accuracy, 
Um, I have been living my life according to the reading you gave me in December. And awesome. I, yeah. And so guess what? My Saturn return apparently is supposed to be ending in September, which is as like right now. So oh, wow. what can I expect to start seeing or feeling now that my own personal hell and whatever, I guess, growth is over? Well, you know, it's kind of like that heavy weight of that burden um, starts to to be lifted off your shoulders, um, and you kind of won't have such maybe a serious tone on life, um, and you kind of feel that lighter energy because Saturn's like is carrying around a heavy load of bricks, you know, and it's kind of like feeling this overall responsibility to be mature and to grow up and to make things happen, whether that's you know, it usually plays out in two ways, which is either going down, you know, I'm ready to settle down and get married and have a kid and buy a house or, you know, career wise, taking on more responsibility, maybe becoming an entrepreneur or, you know, however it manifests, but basically being more focused on the career or the family. And so it's kind of you're looking at your life kind of long term and saying, what is it I want to build? Because Saturn is the builder. And so it's kind of you kind of setting, I'm ready to kind of take on the world and take on a lot more responsibility. Um, and so you'll start to notice you're, you're, you've probably matured a lot. You've probably learned a lot about yourself. Um, but you know, you'll start to kind of put down that heavy load and, um, life will not be maybe so intense are so heavy. <laughs> I hope that's the case. But then now I know that, you know, Mars is an Aries for all of the next eternity. And then we've got the election. And then basically now I'm not safe until November 13th. But <laughs> I was really hoping for like a reprieve and that like the world was going to open up, like you just said, just because my chart might be opening up doesn't mean I guess that like that all the planets are going to work for me. It's just that one thing apparently is coming. to me. That one thing, which is a big thing, you know, the Saturn return is the first major rite of passage that people go through. And there's only three in your lifetime. So don't see it as a minor thing. That's a big accomplishment. Mars retrograde. This is a time if you can look at it as yes, we're not starting any new projects. Yes. We might have a little less energy, but this is a time to get focused on those old projects. For example, myself, I started a podcast in December, let it go. I dropped, you know, I just kind of was too much going on. And now during Mars retrograde, I feel that drive and that energy to pick it up and get started again. So it's something that I I started, you know, six, whatever, eight months ago, and now I'm ready to initiate and have that that move forward again, you know? And so it's like picking up those old projects, even if they're, you know, art related, something that makes you, you remember it's an Aries. So it has to do with your identity, something you just do for yourself, where you really get in touch with who you are. And so whether that's through art or music or dance, whatever expression that you have, um, this is a time to go pick up those old things that you used to do just for you. Okay, that that is a helpful direction because it can feel kind of overwhelming to be like, well, what am I supposed to pick up with again? But if it's driven and motivated from that like you time, then yeah. that is a little easier to kind of like hand pick what you want to revisit. Or it might spark a thought in whoever's listening, like, oh, that's oh that thing because like it right. just that for me right now. So what like I'm a Libra. 
So without getting too into like details, because you kind of can't without all my specifics, like what are different signs feeling right now? Like, for example, like how is this going to affect Libras and, and people who are in that like world that's a air sign or wait, what am I? I always forget. Well, so, well, what it's doing is, um, basically it's opposing your sun because Mars, um, our Aries for that matter, Mars is an Aries is the direct opposite from Libra. And so it's on, it's basically opposing your sun, opposing your identity because the sun is also, um, your identity. But Mars, it's like where changes need to take place. And so it's an energy of bringing awareness. That's a 180 degree angle. So Mars opposing your sun. So that brings in awareness about who you are. And it's usually through other people because oppositions bring in other people. So it's almost like, you know, a lot of times I feel like people that have their sun in, in, uh, a Libra, they see themselves through the eyes of other people, of those closest to them. And so this is, you know, but I would say more importantly, if you can find out the house that Mars is in, that's going to tell you a lot more where you're directing this Mars energy for the next four months. It's already been in that house for two months, most likely. And it's going to be there for another four because it's retrograding for two and then it's going to go forward again direct for two months. So that's the house that's witnessing a whole lot of change over the six-month period of Mars being in Aries. It's been in that one house for, you know, eternity basically. And so that's where all the change is taking place. So identifying where Mars and Aries is in your chart is going to give you a lot more information about where you're channeling that. Again, like coming back to me, Mars is in my sixth house of work. So I'm making a lot of changes within the work um, that's allowing me to, you know, to kind of define who I am. It's interesting that you say that, like, I'll be, you know, seeing myself and identity through others because yes. I had a baby in April. Oh, wow. So I kind of feel like, okay, well, then am I seeing my identity through the eyes of my son? Through the eyes of the child. Yes, exactly. You very, it's, and it's, and it's, you know, a lot of times people always think Libra is your romantic partner, but it's not true. It can be a business partner. It can be your child. It can be your parent. It can be your best friend. Like anyone that you have a really close relationship or connection with. Yeah. And that makes so much sense for me because I always say like, I'm a team player. And what I mean by that is that I feel best like in a partnership. So you do. Yes. It feels very comfortable and you feel very like, you know, who you are, you know, who your identity is in those close, you know, partnerships and relationships. But I would say a lot of times Libras do have to watch out for codependence. Yes, for sure. I feel like that could be a very slippery slope, but like- One thing that Mars might be teaching you is how to be more selfish because Mars and with, especially with it being an Aries, those are the selfish energies. And so it's like, it's okay to be selfish, you know, and a lot of people are maybe feeling that energy with Mars and Aries. And so with it opposing your sun right now, 
you know, that might be something that's coming up for you. You feel bad being selfish because you just had a baby and you're funneling and channeling a lot of your energy into that baby. And so what are you doing to take time for yourself, to nurture yourself during this time, especially because your energy's already got to be low because you're giving so much, but especially with this planet slowing down to go retrograde, that's another level of the energy being decreased. So what are you going to do to fill your own cup? Oof, I love that. Like now I'm like, I got to think of a whole different, a bunch of different things, motivating things and stuff like that, because it does help to know that it makes it easier to sort of identify like how I might be feeling or what I could be doing to help myself or exactly. not blaming myself or anybody else out there listening, like who could, uh, you know, agree, or maybe wants to look into finding out more details about their chart so they can sort of discover, Oh, that's why I'm feeling this way. And this is what I can do to help myself. It just arms you with some knowledge and helps you sort of guide yourself in and out of these things. And, and like, it could be helpful at any time, but it's so helpful right now because of everything that's going on. It's like double the reason to look into it. Yeah. And I think so many people are feeling, you know, not sure which way to go, which direction to go. And it's very overwhelming time in general on the planet. And so, you know, to have that validation and to have that guidance and to get pointed in the right direction so that you feel you know, solid about moving, you know, moving towards your highest potential, basically. And one thing I will say, you know, in your situation, you know, a lot of times when Mars is going direct, we feel the energy to kind of push forward and to to make ourselves just go that extra mile. Well, we're not going to be feeling that during Mars retrograde. So I would say have more compassion for yourself if you don't feel like going that extra mile and pushing through. This is the time, if any, to kind of allow yourself to take that afternoon nap and to, again, just fill your cup. Okay, well, then the nap I took today was totally fine. (laughs) Even Even though it was only like 10 minutes, but whatever. That's still for you and very important to do that. But also, I have a question for you now. You mentioned something about Capricorn being like trudging through mud or something. And it feels like I have been for the last three years because of my Saturn return, but now also because of everything coming up in the world. And it's just like not Mm -hmm. as much time to date. And now Mars is in retrograde and Aries is here forever. And I was just wondering what you see for Capricorn, like you mentioned for Libra, all the things for Lauren, like, is there something specific Capricorns can be on the lookout for with like, obviously our birthday approaching and all that jazz? So you're a Capricorn sun. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. But like across the board, Capricorn, Capricorn, Capricorn. Okay. So you've got a ton of Capricorn. And so right now the big transformation that's happening in the sky is in Capricorn. So your identity, I would say, is going through a huge transformation right now. And so the good news I would say that we all have to look forward to is that come mid-December, which is probably, you know, getting close to that birth birthday time, mid-December, both Saturn and Jupiter are moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius, which is a much lighter energy. It's a much more, it's like you know, Aquarius is that energy of breakthroughs. And so we've all been feeling this Capricorn energy, especially you, because you have so much Capricorn in, you know, in your chart. Um, But with, with that 
you know, it's, it's almost like you're going through a huge identity shift and, you know, identity transformation. Um, and, 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 but in a way, you know, you're, you're taking on more responsibility, but you're also expanding into all that you are. And you're probably changing because when I think of Capricorn, I also think of breaking, um, you know, breaking down of the old systems. That's kind of what we're doing in a larger way this year. I mean, in a sense, it's like what is happening at our very foundation. And so because this transformation is happening this year, it's almost like you are restructuring yourself, who you are, your identity at a very intimate level. Like you are a completely different person than you saw yourself probably before this whole energy happened this year. Yeah, I feel like Jen, you definitely are a different energy. I don't know. I think she is definitely on like the precipice of something going on. And especially because she's asking so many questions and like doing so much self-reflecting. And I just feel like things are starting to like about to start aligning or like, I don't know, that's what it just feels like is happening for her. Just based on like an outside looking in. I hope that's the case because I've been waiting for this moment and it feels like, again, I have been trudging through mud and mm-hmm. I am happy also that whatever I am doing is evident. And so then it feels like all of this potential struggle and tension and and the heaviness of it all is worthwhile because at the end of it, I come out a bit lighter. Um, right. And I'm excited to see what that is. I, I just, I, I think, you know, it's like, there's so many things you can control, like getting a job or buying a condo or a house or whatever you can move, you can do whatever you want. And that's usually like your decision potentially, or the effort you put in, but dating and love is the thing that I think is the biggest wonderment for me within the stars, because it's sort of like when they say the stars align and it's usually like related to romance and it's just this magical thing that, you know, the star crossed lovers and all these things related to the stars, you know, somehow come back to romance. And I think for me, I, I just rely so much on astrology in that regard. And I'm still waiting for that, you know, pinpoint of which month and, and which year it's all going to happen and come together. And then I'm going to be like, aha, it was in the stars. Well, one thing I will say is when we get through the Saturn return, and if you're in it now and you're trudging through the Saturn return right now, when we get through it is when a lot more blessings come in, but they can't come in until we get through it. And we usually, you know, that energy lasts for like a year, but you have Saturn, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of things in, in that Capricorn energy. And so including, you know, your son, but you know, it's Saturn sits in a house. So whatever house that is where all your planets are getting hit off by all the planets that are in the sky in Capricorn this year, it's sitting there for two and a half years, but come December is when it should move out, when it breaks free almost. So that's when the blessings start coming is after you did the work. And Saturn is the work. Okay. So speaking, speaking of work, like, and that's something that you can do individually because we're, we are speaking about all of these, these energies and alignments and all of that as though like we have no control. And, and yes, we don't like 
energies and stars and all those things moving in the directions they're going like that all happens on its own account. Like you don't have control over that, but what piece of advice can you give? Can you leave our listeners with right now to help us feel like we have a little more control over like the remainder of the year and easing tension and like, how can we, I guess, align with the stars so that we can kind of work with it and gain a little more control over what's going on so that we can kind of like end this year with some positive good things. Well, I mean, I'm very hopeful for, you know, the energy that's going to be happening come December. That that Saturn and Jupiter meeting together in Aquarius is is like huge breakthroughs. Huge, you know, it's it's like you know, stepping forward in a big leap. It's almost like a leap in consciousness in a way. So I am very hopeful for what next year has to bring and it's going to start in December. But if there's anything that I would, you know, say about astrology, it's learn to know when you're, you know, work with the stars. For example, Mars is going retrograde. This is not a good time to start new projects, but it is a really good time to finish or rework or, you know, kind of go back to old projects. And so, you know, it's it's not a good time to start a new relationship, but it's a good time to reconnect with someone that you maybe have ended a relationship with in the past. And it doesn't have to be romantic. It can be a, an old friend that, you know, you had a falling out and you're kind of seeing it in a new perspective and now you're ready to mend, you know, that friendship. And so it's like learning to work with the stars, whatever they're doing you can use it as a positive thing. And I just gave a couple examples of that, but it's like, how can we work with the energy that we're given? And sometimes, yes, it's a blessing. And sometimes, yes, it's more of a challenge, but we grow through our challenges. And so it's learning how to navigate that energy, knowing when divine timing is happening. And most of all, I think just for our own validation of you know what we're experiencing, why we're experiencing, and un- it's a deeper self understanding that I think each person could benefit from. Uh, well, we've benefited from this. Thank you so much, Tara. I mean, thank we talk- you. We could talk to you forever, and maybe every couple of months we'll do. But we would really talk to you for all of the minutes of the day if we could. So if other people want to speak with you about all things astrology, hit up that Sinestri reading and really dive deeper into themselves and their relationships, remind everyone where they can find you on social media and your website. So on social media, on Instagram, I'm at Tara Jade Star. Um, where I do full moon and new moon and just kind of tell you what's going on with the astrological of energies in the sky. And then my website is my name, tarajadenichols.com. And you can go there and see all the things I offer. I do do tarot as well. Um, and so I would love to share um, my gifts and my knowledge of astrology. And I'm, I'm available all throughout the week for readings. Awesome. That is just what everyone needs right now. I think all of those things are so helpful. It is like therapy and um, we're just so appreciative of you and your gift. So thank you again. And everybody, don't forget to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest author of Average is the New Awesome, Samantha Matt. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show and It's Complicated wherever you get 
get your cute little podcast rate and comment five stars is much appreciated. Like, I mean, we're talking about stars here, guys. So give us five stars. And also you can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. We'll talk to you next week. Love you long time. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 